Welcome to the Steam Ahead podcast. With about 75% of the fastest growing occupations requiring skills in science, technology, engineering, arts and mathematics, career chats with young people is essential for increasing participation, ability and aspiration in these careers. This podcast shares stories from men and women with careers in STEAM so that young people can be informed on how to shape their future. So, join your STEAM Ahead host, Jessica Carl, who explores actionable insights and tips that young people can apply to achieve success and confidence in choosing their career path. Hey everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. Increasing young people's curiosity and aspiration into careers which make the biggest difference in the 21st century starts with these conversations. Which is why I'm over the moon to kickstart our career chats with John Searles. John is a managing principal at Oricon, heading up the asset management and operational performance team, and a non-executive director at our very own Dream Big Australia. He is passionate about operational performance, strength-based leadership, diversity and inclusion, as well as his family, martial arts, outdoors, and of course, motorcycles. In school, John did Math A&B, Physics, Chemistry and English, and we're excited for him to be joining us today to speak about tips for managing your own career and the role networks play in it. Welcome, John. Thank you, Jess. Good to be here. Can you tell me a bit more about why you're passionate about asset management and what that means to you? Well, I guess it started at a very young age and, and, and maybe something to do with the interests of my father. But, you know, uh, I was attracted to big, shiny equipment, um, machinery, um, anything mechanical. I tried to pull things apart and learn how they work and, and, and sometimes got them back together and they worked again. And so I had that type of interest, which drew me to mechanical engineering at university. And from there, whether it was by design or or just by chance, um, in my early career, uh, I was involved in in a lot of failure analysis where things had had gone wrong. Um, I was working at a at a mine site, uh, and that drew drew me to you know understanding well, wouldn't it be better to to avoid these types of failures rather than have to react to them? And and that that drew me into the world of asset management. And look, I, I define asset management as the actions or the strategy that you set and then the actions you take to ensure that the, the assets deliver on the objectives of the enterprise, whatever that be, um, whether it's a transport company, whether it's a bridge across a river, whether it's a, a mine site, it doesn't matter. Each, each enterprise will have different objectives and asset management is the role of ensuring that the assets deliver on those objectives. That's a really good definition and summary of it. So having worked for 25 years in an asset intensive industry, you've had experience in asset management, operational performance, capital projects, studies, technology, business improvement, and you're renowned in the industry for the high performing teams that you lead, but also for the great career tips that you have. So I wanted to start with what you think about why people feel restricted in their careers. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a good starting point, Jess. Um, when when people um, start thinking about their careers, um, 
and where they feel like something's not right for them, it's usually because they feel restricted. And I think they can feel restricted for, for several reasons. One could be, well, I'll, I'll go through a few, that leaders, you know, might their leaders might be reluctant to let go or delegate so that they feel like they're just doing the same types of tasks over and over again um, and not being stretched. Um, and when they're not being stretched, sometimes maybe they're not looking for it, but also quite often the leaders are not delegating and stretching and stretching their team. Um, and that can be because resourcing decisions, you know, task assignment decisions can be based on their past experience rather than on where uh, the individual would like to take their career. Um, sometimes they're disconnected um, through different, feel feel disconnected through different assignments. Let's say if they're on a long-term secondment or on a on a project for a long term long time, they they could feel disconnected from the greater company, and they could also feel disconnected from from the clients or beneficiaries of whatever they're working on. Sometimes their eminence is not acknowledged. But when, when you put all of that together, I think the overriding reason is that the task assignments that they're getting don't match their strengths nor their aspirations for their future career growth. And I think if you can understand your strengths, help your leader understand your strengths and also be really clear on what your career aspirations are, you're going to take a big step towards addressing all those causes of feeling restricted in your career. That's a really great point you made. And it's also a really good segue into the next part that I want to talk about with you. Because I understand you've got your sales career tips, which you often talk to young professionals about. And you've kindly said that you're going to share some of those with us now. The first question I wanted to ask is, can you tell us about how you can choose a career which leverages your strengths? Yes, I've got um, six tips, so maybe we'll, we'll be able to touch on all of them here. Um, a career that leverages your strengths, I think, starts with understanding your why, your passion. If For those of you that are fans of Simon Sinek, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, but if you can understand what your why is and, and what makes you tick, and then you couple that with understanding your strengths, then bringing the two together is, is like a match made in heaven. It's the, it's the thing that's going to keep you engaged and, and drive you through your career. I think it's okay for people not to know exactly what steps they want to take in their career, to be somewhat opportunistic, but, but nevertheless still invest in really understanding what drives you and understanding understanding your your strengths. There's a there's a couple of tips that I give to to people about how to do that. Um, one of them is uh, write a news article. Uh, perhaps you know in in fifteen pretend it's in fifteen years time, and you're writing a news article. It won't be for a newspaper. Perhaps it'll be on a website only by then. But write that article um, and it, it around perhaps your retirement or. Uh, something that you've done in your career that's being being acknowledged in the in greater society, uh, and, and and write that down and think about the characteristics of your career or the characteristics of of your contribution to that outcome that are really important, and and that then becomes a personal development plan. 
I'm a, I'm a big fan of knowing your strengths. There's several ways and se several offerings on the market to, to do tests to, to assess your strengths. I, I like the Strength Finder, the Gallup Strength Finder. It's, it's based on the Know Your Strengths book by Marcus Buckingham. Um, I think that uh, gives people a, a good idea of the things that they're good at um, and the things that like doing. And, and the, the premise of, of the book is really simple. Life's too short for you to worry about your weaknesses. You have to make sure you have no fatal flaws, but if you're looking at personal development, I'm assuming you don't. Um, but life's too short to worry about your weaknesses and you usually don't enjoy working on them anyway. So instead, focus on your strengths and work out how to leverage them and uh, you'll, you'll feel much, much more engaged in the work that you do. And that's a really good point, being able to forward think about yourself and your strengths, put yourself in a position where you can look back on what you want to achieve and write it down. How do you think young people can start understanding their career path? That's that's one tip. Do you have any others about where that pathway is and how they could help define it right now? Yeah, well, I think it is important to have a career plan. I said you know, be opportunistic. Not everyone has a step-by-step -step one, um, but having a career plan, even if it's not overly prescriptive, is important. Um, so it might not talk about the exact roles that you want to achieve or you've, you've seen positions in the organisation that you work for that you want to have, but um, it could be more based around the complexity or the characteristics of the roles that you aspire to. So how, how to get that, I think the most important thing is to have lots of discussions. And, and invest in those discussions with people inside and outside of your field of work, inside and outside of your organisation. And so I think from all of, all of the diversity that you can get from lots of discussions, you should be able to plot together the characteristics of roles that you'd like to have in the future. And you need to share that then. You share it with your leaders, you share it with your mentors, you can you can share it with your friends. But it is important to, to write it down so that you, you can share it. And I think if you have that as a tool to help you to assess your development plan, if you're in, say, an organisation that has a an annual development plan cycle, um, you can refer to your career plan and, and say, well, how do I keep these options open to me? What's the development that I would need to do to keep to keep realistic options for my future career? Yeah, that's great. And discussion and networking almost come hand in hand to a certain extent. And I know that one of my favourite tips that I've heard from you is your 5 plus 5 plus 5 investment tip. Can you tell us a bit more about this tip and what it means in your context? Yeah, so networking is very important. Uh, strong networks you can hold for, you know, a 40-year career. But networking does take a lot of time and you you can't possibly maintain every connection that you'll make in your career. So it, it, it's an investment decision and you need to make sure that you invest your time well. One of the things that I like to do is is select five people. So the five plus five tip is um, plus five is 15 people. So I like to select five people who, who are more senior in their career than I am, and I can think of them as a, as a board of mentors. I select five people who are of peers 
in their career to me, and I can think of them as a as a support team. And I select five people who are less senior than than myself, and I can think of them as reverse mentors. In fact, I might be mentoring them, but I'm also receiving mentorship from them. And just maintaining that 15, that will keep you busy enough. You, you don't need to select people in your management line. In fact, it's good to have uh, a good chunk of that network outside of your your management line in your organisation. And, and that'll then allow you to safely work through some, some ideas and challenges that you might have about your organisation or, or your current leadership. You, uh, you can, should be willing to drop people off the list or park them on the bench for a while and bring others on based on your own growth and theirs. Don't be afraid to do, to do that. And I like to actually tell people that they're on my 15. You know, so you let them know, hey, I, I value our relationship. I value the connection we have. You know, the time that we might spend together. It might only be a, an hour coffee once, once every couple of months, but, but I value it. You're part of my 15. And I think uh, how it links back then to your career plan is that you've got then a ready-made group to actually give you critique of of where your career plan is, whether they think it matches your strengths and whether the actions you're taking are going to help you keep those options open and the ones that you've identified in your in your career plan. And it can be be fun as well to, to maintain those those connections and talk about it. And what you'll find is if you offer offer up what I've just suggested, it's a little contagious. You'll you'll find that people will then start sharing their their career plans with you as well, and then the values in in the discussions that you can have amongst your fifteen. It's very much a growth mindset, isn't it? It is. It is, and it's also one that recognizes that you you know you don't have to you're accountable for your own career plan, but that doesn't mean you can't get help, support, guidance from all sorts of of locations, um, all sorts of people. And that really speaks to the the value of connection with the people that you surround yourself with. And being people-centric in the 21st century is so important. We often look at the skills high-performing teams have and correlate these to skills such as empathy and creative thinking and collaboration, which are all closely linked to the arts. So I wanted to ask you, John, about what you think young people should focus on when they're thinking about being a people leader. Yeah, so I think if you if you think about what how the type of environment you will flourish in, you you might find that it'll help you also be a leader to create a similar environment for others. That of course there are differences. Some people flourish in in different environments, um, but I think there are sort of three key aspects of an environment or key aspects of a re, of leadership discussion. Um, that are the same for everybody. I think the first one is we we like it when people explore our aspiration. If you want to be a, a good leader, I think you've you've got to explore their aspiration, and then also help them see what's possible. Understand or, or ga- gauge their level of interest in in achieving different things in their career, 
and really understand their inspiration, their why, and assess, help them assess the match of their why with the roles in your organisation that you, you would like them to fill. And I think it's um, a really tough discussion, but a very honest one. If someone's inspiration is not aligned to the organisation or what the organisation could deliver them, a, a, a good leader would, would have that discussion. And that doesn't mean asking the person to leave, but it's acknowledging that um, it, the relationship might not be forever because you both agree that um, what inspires them or what they aspire to um, is not aligned with uh, the organisation you're in. That doesn't mean they they can't be a, a marvellous um, employee, um, a significant contributor to your business. It just means that if they're true to themselves, they'll they'll look for the types of roles that match their their aspiration. The second thing after aspiration, I think, is ability, and helping people assess their capability gaps and design development activities to fill them. And and the biggest tip here is to be truthful. Um, with respect, there's there's no point in not telling people in a constructive way where they would need to focus um, to to meet their aspirations. Doesn't help anybody. All feedback is gold, and uh, being able to give that type of feedback, I think, is a very important part of being a leader. And being able to receive that type of feedback is very important about um, with self-leadership. And I think the third one is engagement. You, you want to create an inclusive culture where there are no barriers for people to, to engage. You want to provide them with that open invitation to shine and then, then it's up to them. And speaking of shining, I've got one last question for you. With all the change that we've experienced in COVID, because for us it's about week eight working from home now what do you think this means for future job prospects and young people's skills um look i think lots of people can can feel that we've we've got a tough future um and we don't know what the recovery shape um will be so but whether it's um if, if it's a rapid v recovery or or a, or a longer recovery i think that the younger generation are actually better placed to deal with the, the type of workplace we'll have in the future. And, and that might not seem evident now, but I think we were heading towards some significant changes in the work of roles anyway, from disruption from digital uh, artificial intelligence and, and, and so forth. And, and perhaps some of those disruptions have been accelerated because of COVID-19, all the way we'll have to work in the future if there are similar pandemics. Young people, it will, it's their normal way of working. You know, it'll, it'll become the norm. They, they will know this type of work environment better than the old, everyone goes to, to the office nine to five, um, environment. So therefore the change for them will be less and they should be able to, to adapt and leverage it much better. So I think for, for young people, it's, it's very bright. Uh, I think. This can force the the adoption of technology, um, technology that is um, second nature to them, but perhaps still still um, feels different to older generations in the workforce. 
there's no doubt that the the other thing that we have to keep an eye on here is the ability for our country to be disrupted because others are invested in technology or people are commoditizing skills so therefore they're going to low low income countries low cost countries um, for the skills that, that Australians used to be able to provide. Um, and the only way to truly compete against those is to embrace and use the technology to become more efficient rather than to try and uh, head it off at a, in a price war or a cost war. That's, that's never going to end happy for, um, for our country. Um, so I think uh, for young people, if they are thinking about their their education, to to really have a look at, well, how do I bring bring sweetness to my degree? Because I've I've added in maybe a strong technology focus. I've done a dual degree, or I've um I've I've even taken upon myself to 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 learn about the application or or actually the, even the design. Of, of various technologies to support my core discipline, whether that be science or, or engineering or other STEAM-related uh, vocations that they pursue. Yeah, STEAM definitely has a massive influence in what we're looking at in the 21st century. Yes. Look, everything that we enjoy in our way of life somewhere started with someone with a STEAM vocation, whether, whether we label that or not. Um, but someone with that vocation coming up with an idea and implementing it and shaping the world we live in now and and the lives that we um, are able to live, including this podcast, Jess. Absolutely. And I think that's a really great point to finish on, being able to shape the world that you live in. Thank you so much for joining us, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. So in school, John did Math A and B, physics, chemistry and English, and went on to study mechanical engineering at university. He had a 23-year career at Rio Tinto and focused on getting a strong foundation in asset management, operational performance and business improvement. After holding four general manager roles at Rio Tinto, John has now gone on to become the managing principal of Oricon's asset management and operational performance team. My career pathway has really benefited from John's career tips, which focus on leveraging strengths, being a people leader, and investing in your closest 15 people. These tips are testament to the impressive career path he has paved in asset management. So on behalf of our dream team, if you've enjoyed listening to our career chats, please take some time to rate and review the podcast and share our episodes with people you know so that we can continue to be a source of inspiration for young people. If you want any questions answered, send us a message so we can feature your questions on the Steam Ahead podcast. Head to www.dreambigaustralia.org and let us know what career chats you would like us to have. Chat with you soon.